welcome to Peaceful Ease. We all have the necessary strength and wisdom to solve most of our problems. What we often lack is a quiet space to think clearly and calmly. This podcast is all about tapping into that zone of inner wisdom. My name is Mario Pareca, and I'd like to invite you to join myself and Ela Crane every Monday and Friday. We'll be here to guide you to that endless power and insight within until you learn how to get there and function from there by yourself. This is a journey about being authentic, learning how to trust your instincts, realizing that each and every one of us are not just enough, but also perfect the way we are right now. Hey everyone, Mario Pareca here, and I am joined by Ela Crane, and we'd like to welcome you to the Peaceful Ease podcast. As always, you can reach out and share your ideas, thoughts, questions, anything you want with Ela on the Peaceful Ease hotline, and that number is 424-625-5562. Again, 424-625-5562. It's always open. It's always available. You can also email us, podcast at peacefulease.com is the email address, and stay in touch with Ela at peacefulease.com. That is the website. Ela, I'm so excited for part two of your interview with Patrick, and it's just great to be back with you. Thank you, Mario. And you know what I was thinking? I was thinking about the story you once told me, because the conversation is about like speaking clearly and communicating clearly. Will you please share that story with us again? <laughs> the baby story? Oh, yes. <laughs> that, that's so, a kind of creepy and unforgettable. <laughs> it's creepy and unforgettable. I love the way you put that. So I hear this story quite often, and it was from my first Christmas. So it was December, and I was about, what, seven months old, I guess. We all go to my aunt's house for Christmas Eve. So it was Christmas Eve. It's a big Italian thing, big dinner. And I was in a baby seat, like a carrier, right? You know, those little seats with the handles. And I guess they were unloading the cart, and I was sitting in my seat in the hallway. And my uncle, his sister came in from the other room into the hallway. And this is the first time she'd ever met me because, you know, it's my uh, my uncle's sister. And she comes in, and she kind of looked at me, I guess, and my aunt and my mother were standing there. And I said something from sitting in my, like a full sentence from my baby seat. And she jumped back and had this look of terror in her face and went, oh my God, that baby talks. <laughs> and, and, and my mother says, she hasn't been able to get me to shut up since. So <laughs> I was talking in complete sentences at a very young age. Talking was just something I guess that just came natural to me and early and yeah, I was surprising people ever since. How young were you? Do you know, like perhaps two or something? From what I hear, I was talking in complete coherent sentences before I was one, when I was oh like, oh my God, <laughs> that months, is creepy. <laughs> and yeah, at that time, so you have to figure from April to December, December, I was about eight months old. And yeah, I was talking in complete sentences and that's what made her jump back. And they weren't sentences like we are talking right now, but it was like, from what I understand, I wanted to show her my Christmas outfit that I was wearing that my mother dressed me up in for Christmas Eve. And I was like, look at my shorts. Look at my shorts. <laughs> I had some kind of it's whatever I was wearing, my shoes, whatever. And it just like shocked her. And I was just like, hey, look at me. I'm dressed up <laughs> apparently. <laughs> so that's what that was all about. <laughs> but one other thing I did as a kid is I would sit and watch the same movies over and over and over and over again. And I would memorize them. 
And then, because my father is a chiropractor, so our chiropractic office and the house were attached by a hallway. And they would put a baby gate up to keep me in the house portion. So I would watch these movies over and over again and memorize them. And then I would take props that I would find that were my toys or whatever. And I would scale this baby gate and climb over to the other side when no one was watching, go into the waiting room of his office and perform these movies that I memorized. So that's the other thing that I would do. I would memorize and deliver lines <laughs> with props. I think everyone could tell that you were going to be in radio and in podcasting <laughs> if they knew podcasting back then, perhaps. Like, it's it's kind of obvious. Maybe. That's why I always tell people, like, what did you do when you were a kid before you had to have permission to do anything? What you just did because it came natural to you, there's probably a piece of that that you should incorporate into your life as an adult. Absolutely. Being that this episode, your interview with Patrick is all about voice and using your voice to communicate better and using your voice to better portray yourself. I mean, that's been something that's been near and dear to me for as long as I can remember. Yeah. And your story reminds me of George Carlin, who's one of my heroes. And there is a long interview with him on YouTube, like a three hour interview where he talks about his life and he tells amazing stories about how he had to kind of sleep in the back of his car with his wife and newborn baby for months and months, you know, like just before he could earn enough money. And there he also mentions that as a kid, he realized that the only way he could get some positive attention was to perform. So he knew performance was going to be a big part of his life. And it's amazing that some people get to know that so early and some people search for it most of their lives. And with you, George Carlin and Patrick, I feel like the gift was there, obvious, at a very early stage. And how does that feel? So here's the second question for you. How does it feel to have that connection going back so far? It feels aligned. Like when I'm doing what I do and I'm doing what we're doing now or when I did TV work, it just made sense. It was easy. And I don't say easy meaning without challenge. I mean, it just was with ease. Natural. Something I could do with ease that flowed. When I did my first TV appearance, that was an opportunity that came from one of the worst experience of my life, which was having all of those things at my cooking demonstration go wrong. And the fact that I put my head down and worked through that led to the opportunity. That's why I always tell people when things seem really bad, there's an opportunity right on the other side of that. You don't know what it is, but if you get through it, there's a big opportunity there. And that opportunity came and I just did it because I say yes to everything. I try to say yes to everything that seems to be nudging me in a certain direction. So I said yes and did it. And from the minute it's, I was really nervous the night before because I've never did anything like that before and I didn't know what to expect. And I went in and did it, but as soon as it started, all the nervousness went away and it was just easy, with ease. And that's when I knew I have to figure out how to do more of this because not many things feel that easy. Mm -hmm. So that's how I knew that I have to do more of this because it's just intuitive. Yeah. And when you find what that thing is for you, you need to do more of that. It's just a gift. And I say gift in meaning both meanings. It's, it's like a gift you have and it's a gift you're given to pass on, to share with. Yeah. And once you find that gift, it does come with ease and it's just very natural. It's like an expression of who you are. And this part of the conversation with Patrick is going to be exactly about that, expressing who you are in 
as many ways as possible. Like we said, body language is a part of that. Voice is a part of that. Any kind of art form is a part of that. And we want to just, while we are here, personally, I really want to express who I am and how I feel in as many healthy ways as I can. Absolutely. Because then it feels like a complete experience here. And I believe too that with these gifts or with these skills that we hone and make sharper or make better, it also gives us a responsibility to use them to give back to others and give back to the world in our own unique way. So it's both. It's it's both a blessing and it's a responsibility. Mm-hmm. which in and of itself is a blessing because you're given something that you can give and that's where fulfillment comes from. But I love this idea. I can't wait to hear part two of the interview. For those of you who, if you hadn't listened to last episode where Ela interviewed Patrick, go back and listen to that. You can grab that at peacefullies.com or wherever you've listened to your podcasts. Catch yourself up. We'll still be here when you get back. Ela's going to be doing part two with Patrick, who's an internationally recognized voice and speech coach based in Los Angeles. He has some just tremendous accolades through film and TV, working with all sorts of high-end clients, well-known people, especially things like the United Nations, Wells Fargo, Children's Hospital Los Angeles, different television and shows and movies. He has a private practice in West Hollywood, works with clients all over the world. Some names you probably have heard before, Penelope Cruz, Annie McDowell, Eva Longoria, just to name a few. He's also a graduate of Dartmouth College and Temple University and is a native Californian and is currently in the process of publishing his third book on voice and speech work. So he's got just loads of credentials and he's doing really big things and he's got a great connection with Ela. So you're going to want to hear the interview to just hear all the value that they bring. Yes. And do visit Patrick's website. There's so much information there about him and his work. It's patrickminuos.com and he has a very lively YouTube channel full of free giveaways and lectures and warm-up exercises. So please check out his uh, YouTube channel too. Here is the second part of the conversation with Patrick Munoz. I hope you will enjoy it. Do you have any inspiring or aspiring results that you can share with us? Like anyone that came to you and left after, of course, not one session, like everything else is like exercising your muscles. It takes time to build up these habits, but eventually left as a fully self-expressive person. May we talk about you? <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> I didn't have that in mind, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, sure, we can talk about me. Tell me. <laughs> listen, when you came to me, you had a, you, know, you have a lovely voice, and you're so beautiful in terms of who you are, oh, thank you. and what you feel and believe in this world, and what you're trying to do. And you came to me, and you said it was interesting because you talked about not fully loving your voice. And then you came and we didn't see each other for a while because of travel mm-hmm. and you were traveling. And then you came back and you said, Oh, I bet you didn't think you were going to see me again. And then we started to work together and it was really great to hear you talk about how you felt that your voice it was something where you were holding yourself back with your voice mm-hmm. and somehow you were holding yourself back with your voice and that you didn't love the sound of your voice. And as we started to do these exercises and we started to play with it and discover like, well, why is that? What were the things you heard when you were younger from your family, maybe from especially the female male idea, like how we're supposed to be in this role. It could be for a male. It could be for anybody. It's those messages we get and kind of talking about that. 
And then starting to really do things where you were exploring a lower part of your voice, a fuller, more dramatic, and going like, wow, I have this really strong voice that I can use. And then we worked on some of the accent just to kind of go like, well, what are these differences since that's so cool? You speak Turkish, you speak English, you speak German. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. So to be able to have some sort of like, oh, well, if I am, and you learn English with the Brits. So I like to say, well, wait a second, if I want to sort of modify that more towards either the British or towards the American, what are those little things I do? And it just sort of made things clearer for you. And you're just so expressive and you've enjoyed the work. And that's what I love is people who enjoy it. And then they start to enjoy their voice. And you enjoy, I believe these days we talked about it, you say how you enjoy talking. And the fact that you're doing a podcast these days is Mm -hmm. like the most exciting thing for me. I love that. Thank you, Patrick. And for our listeners, I shared this story with Patrick, but I'll share it with you too. I come from a partially musician family on my father's side. A lot of people play instruments and my grandfather was a conductor and maestro. And when I was little, he kind of he called it measuring my ear to see if I can really pick up different notes and tunes and stuff. And he said, I had a very good ear and I could play almost any instrument if I wanted to, but I didn't have a good voice that I shouldn't sing. And that really stuck with me. And I think a lot of people go through such phases or hear similar criticism that they can't grow out of. And our work together helped me to hear myself from a completely different angle. And as I explored my voice, I also explored the soothing capacity of my voice or that more mature person's voice that I have now. And it really helped me to even create this podcast, like you said. Second grade, El Moro, Laguna Beach. We started to prepare for the Christmas songs. And the girl in front of me, after we sang a song, turns to me and says, you sound terrible. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> I'm not alone. <laughs> You're not alone. 13 or 14 years old, I remember I had older brothers. I have three older brothers. They're 9, 11, and 13 years older. So I was kind of in awe of them, and I would kind of just listen to them. And I could be very quiet. I was very kind of, you know, also looking at the star attraction. I was, you know, because I was the baby. But nobody ever really corrected me on the fact that I sort of talked too fast and I mumbled. And I remember so many times saying something to my teacher or to somebody who was usually a teacher or in a group of people, and they wouldn't understand what I said. Mm -hmm. I remember at 13 years old, my dad sent me to Occidental College here in Los Angeles for this week-long workshop on the voice. And that's when I started to learn about the voice. And there was a Swedish instructor, Sven, and he did a week-long course. It was mostly adults, and I was the kid. There were about, I don't know, 15 of us in this workshop. And he talked about speaking from the diaphragm and using your voice and getting the strong voice. And after that, I was just in love because I love the theater. I went to college. I started to fall in love with the theater. I thought I really want to be an actor. And the big part of that was the fact that we had these classes in voice and speech and these wonderful traditions that have been started in America of voice, the Linkletter technique, the Fitzmorris technique, Arthur Lessack, Edith Skinner, all these different people who were teaching voice in their own kind of divisions. So I did that. And then afterwards, I thought, okay, I want to be an actor. I've graduated from college. I'm 21. 
I could go and try to be an actor, but I really want to be a trained actor. And I still feel like I don't have, and this is after, you know, two years of training and I had taken singing lessons and I had been doing some training on the voice, but I thought I really want to go to graduate school and get trained on my voice. And so I went to Temple University in Philadelphia, a two and a half year, three year program. And for two and a half of those years, we did voice and speech. And that's when I really got to learn all about using my voice. I took singing lessons and then I was cast in a musical. I was like, wow, yeah. you really can't. It's like, yeah, tell me I can't sing, but no, I can't. I can carry. <laughs> yeah. I wish I were a natural singer, but I'm not, but I can actually, you know, I can sing. So these little messages we get are so powerful, are so powerful. And until we realize, like you did, oh, this is the message I got. Is it true? No. It might have been a reflection of what my grandfather thought at that moment, but I really have a voice. And then to do take steps on it is so cool. It's just so wonderful because otherwise we're held back. And I hate being held back. Yeah. And we can grow out of anything. We can change so much about ourselves. And I don't just mean changing our voice or if we mumble, changing the habit, but also changing how we feel about ourselves and our voice. Absolutely. How we feel about ourselves, the way we think, these negative thoughts. You know, as far as negative thought patterns, obviously, I'm a human being. I still come up with these negative thought patterns, you know, about myself. And they're way less than they used to be. And I recognize what they are. And I have tools to work on them. And part of that is using my voice and speech because that gets me not just from my mind, but it gets me to my body. But that's what I try to do here. That's what you try to do with your podcast is to help people realize the love they have for themselves, get people to have the love for themselves, love who they are, accept who they are, and thrive and prosper. That's what was really at the base of what I want to do. Yeah, being best friends with yourself, being the biggest supporter for yourself, and that includes your voice, loving your voice. Yes, and you remember that poem that we read when you first came. Mm -hmm. The poem goes like this. The time will come when with a lid you will greet yourself arriving at your own mirror and each will greet each other. And I know I start to paraphrase and say, I love you. You will you know, sit, yeah. eat, feast on your life. It's a beautiful poem. I read that poem for this podcast. Too. I think it's by Derek Walcott and we will link to it as well as linking to our website and even YouTube channel and to your book. It's just beautiful. and. It is really all about accepting and expressing who you are. Yeah. So, And I'm so glad that you are taking care of this part of the picture, in a way. Thank you. Yeah. You know, my voice and speech coaching started off, basically, it's been many different parts to it, right? Teaching the American accent, teaching dialects to actors, teaching articulation exercises. And it's a lot more than that. Yeah. <laughs> it's about relaxing into who we are and becoming our own best friend, as you said, and discovering that this power, this power that we have within us. So, yeah, but some of my other success stories, just really briefly, it's like one time there was this young woman who came to me. Not me this time, though, no? <laughs> Not you. Okay. <laughs> she had... Um, not really autism, but one on the spectrum somewhere. And she barely spoke at all, barely spoke at all. And it was just so painful for her family and for herself. She barely opened her mouth and we started to you know, work together. And it's so cool. Six years later, she works in a pharmacy. 
She talks to people. She's the kindest girl. She was a kind girl before and kind afterwards. And we remain friends and she texts me and she calls me and she uses her voice. And it's just the most exciting thing ever. And she fell in love with who she is and she realized she has this power inside and to be able to go from like not being able to talk to actually being able to talk is huge. I also had somebody, and it's interesting talking about for some reason for with women, only because sometimes the messages that women can get either growing up or in the workplace. And I worked with somebody who was um, two doctors, two different doctors. One was an anesthesiologist who was incredible, did incredible work. But she was from, where was she from? Oh, Indian. She was Indian. And as she was here in America and going up the ladder, she ended up starting to manage a hospital. And the pushback she got from these male doctors, combined with being told as an Indian from India to speak more quietly, and as a woman in India to not be heard, it was really a challenge for her to hold her place against these men. And that was super exciting to work with her because all of a sudden, what was it like to speak a little bit more loudly, a little bit more confidently, a little bit more specific and strong without kind of being, holding back and using a quieter voice, but actually have some strength behind her voice. Mm -hmm. Huge. A woman who was the head of the VA out here and the pushback she got from the bureaucracy. And with her, it was really cool because she was giving talks to her team. And as I watched her, we've been talking so much about the voice. When it comes to presentations, when it comes to one-on-one -on -one contact, the way that we say something is so important. Also, our body language and our physical energy. And she was doing simple, simple little things that were taking away her confidence just on a physical level. And that was you know, crossing her legs as she was standing or kind of leaning to one side or kind of talking quietly or not having eye contact. So all these things, all these little things that she didn't realize she was doing. And you and I were talking about this before we started to get on the air today, which is if you as a speaker, let's talk about me. If I'm not confident and I walk into a situation, so what can happen? My voice can start to crack. I've had lots of students who come to me who get, their voice starts to get kind of shaky. Well, if I can learn to overcome physically what that is, that shakiness, learn to use my voice and, and be able to breathe so that even though I'm as nervous as hell, let's just say, mm -hmm. but my voice is strong or I'm a mumbler because when I get nervous, I talk too fast but I learned to slow down and I learned to speak clearly, even though, again, I am just shaking perhaps because that's a feeling as opposed to an action, but I can take the action of speaking slowly, speaking with some volume, articulately, voice not shaking, standing up tall, looking at somebody in the eye, not crossing my legs, but again, taking up some space. Suddenly, I come across, the energy that I give off is, I am confident, I am strong, I am powerful. And that acting in that way then makes me start to feel that way. I start to get that feedback from the audience that way. Exactly. And it builds and builds and builds and builds until finally one day you feel like I do these days, which is like, oh, come on, let's just have some fun. Let's just have some fun. Let's use our voice. Let's use our body. Let's make a difference. The other night I was with somebody and they said, oh, you really are a high energy person. 
And I said, you know what? (laughs) 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 Yeah, I think I am. And so people have different energies, but it's just when you're excited about what you do, it comes out. And like you are so excited about what you do. So many of your listeners out there are excited about what they do. And some of us are looking to see what we can be excited about, what gets us going and we're discovering and there's more to discover out there. So that's what I love about this, this whole craft is like helping people gain that strength because it's not fair to be pushed down when they have the experience and the expertise to be able to talk from a place that if we just handed somebody their resume or the book that they had written or their ideas on a subject would be changing the world. But instead, they have to be the communicator of that. And there's a disconnect. And I try to repair the connection. Mm-hmm. You do beyond trying, Patrick. <laughs> ah. And uh, you're absolutely right about what you said. You really start feeling different as you learn how to use your voice. And even like when I studied brain sciences at UCL, you know, when we learned about body language and the impact of it, like you can just try it for yourself now if you're sitting in the car listening to this or if you are walking, just change your posture a bit. Like you can hunch over a bit, like cross your arms and within minutes you will feel kind of more defensive and if you are walking as you're listening to this you can kind of straighten up broaden your shoulders push your chest out and you will feel the way people look at you will change and the way you will feel will change so it is the same principle with the voice i understand it's absolutely and because the voice is physical what you just mentioned is so important having good posture having eye contact Opening your mouth, taking some space, feeling yourself sitting in your chair or standing on your feet. As you just said, if you're in the car right now, just kind of feel your body sinking into that seat the way that you are. You really own that space or putting your hand on that wheel and noticing, am I tensing up my shoulders? Let them relax. Notice the way that makes you feel. And again, like you said, if you sort of are hunched over, what is that feeling compared to opening yourself up? putting your chest out. It's a whole different feeling. So people respond to you so differently. It's important. So if any of our listeners are listening at the moment and thinking, I would like to do some work, we will link to Patrick's website. You can find it in the description. Please get in touch with him. But if you think, okay, this speaks to me, but I'm not ready yet, please check out his YouTube channel. Check out his book. He has so much to offer there already. So you can start with baby steps, you know, just get used to and download the warm-up exercise. I think it's downloadable. Is that right, Patrick? Yes, it is. Yeah. So download the warm-up exercise. It takes eight minutes and do it in the mornings as you like shower maybe, or as you (laughs) kind of dry your hair or put on your makeup. It's just Try to make it your daily routine and your relationship with your voice will completely change. Is there anything you would like to share with us, Patrick? There's one more thing I wanted to share just as a little promotional for myself. But one of the things that I think sometimes happens for people, I know what happens for me is that I don't want to promote myself. And yet I do want to promote myself. And so sometimes I'll be kind of quiet about something. So just kind of putting that out there. You know, it's good to have that balance in anything, I think. And for me, at least, mm-hmm. the balance. Right? Well, I want to promote myself, but what's my bigger purpose is I really want to help people. And then we can all succeed in that sense. But there's one more product that I have. <laughs> and the reason I mention this is because 
it kind of goes in line with what you were talking about in terms of it's called the affirmations, uh, 51 affirmations for a more powerful voice or for being a better speaker. I always forget the title of it because it's a little bit long of a title, but it's basically 51 affirmations. If you go to my website, you'll find it. It's also an audio book and it's three parts to it. One is just repeating these affirmations. Like I speak with a strong voice. I speak with a loud voice. You repeat them after me. Part two is you go through and you break down like, why do I not speak with a strong voice? Or I ask you all these questions and you can go through it slowly and kind of examine what's going on with your own voice, what happened. And then the third part is a kind of a meditation. But the part about that that I want to share is it's a really great way if you are looking to have a more powerful voice. It's a supplemental book that really helps. Again, you could be reading poetry. We could be reading Shakespeare. We could be reading our own text that we write. But I just put it in the form of affirmations because it sort of does double duty. We say things that maybe might even rewire the way that we feel about ourselves. So... That's another course that I just wanted to kind of offer people out there. I like that idea. Yeah. I love what you said about the YouTube videos. There's tons of stuff out there that I think if you look through, you might find everybody might find something that they're looking for in terms of where they might start. Yeah. And don't wait. So it's been life changing for me and I recommend everyone really to own their voice. And if you're not sure whether you're kind of happy with your voice, like really owning your voice or not, just record yourself and listen to it. I think most people find that really awkward to hear their own voices recorded. Is that right? Yes. That's one of my YouTube videos talking about just starting to go, it's okay. I'm way too harsh of a judge of my own voice. And then to look at it analytically and say, well, why am I not liking my voice? Is it because I'm talking too quickly? Then try it again and slow down. Is it because my voice is really pinched? We'll do some exercises to relax it. Is it because I mumble? Well, then try speaking overly articulately so that we can start to, A, identify why it is that we don't like our own voices. Am I just being, is this my ego trying to do something weird and say terrible things to me that aren't true? Or is it because I'm hearing things that I could actually change? And if I can change them, then pull out the recorder. We all have these great recorders on our phones and it's so easy to do that and make that change that way. Because yes, start to make friends with it. Start to make friends, just like making friends with the way we look. Mm-hmm. So many of us have this like body dysmorphia and we think, oh, I look terrible, I look terrible. You look back at your picture 10 years from now and you say, why was I so harsh on myself? I was cute, you know? You say that when it's kind of in the past, though. It's very hard right. to say it when it's right now. No, <laughs> It's time to do it at this moment, isn't it? Yeah. Patrick, thank you so much for joining me for this episode and for sharing all your expertise and experience with others. I really appreciate it. Thank you for coming. It is such a pleasure to be with you, Ella. Uh, you're very welcome, and I really appreciate you inviting me here today. This was the final part of our conversation with Patrick Munoz. I hope you enjoyed it. Please check out Patrick's website on patrickmunoz.com. You can find it in the episode description too. If you would like to be a guest in this podcast, or if you know someone who should join us, please let us know via our hotline. It's 424-625-5562. Till next time. Thank you for listening to the Peaceful Ease podcast. If this episode resonated with you, please share it with friends and family. Remember, the bigger the support, the more fun the journey becomes. If you'd like to get in touch with Hila, 
you can reach out to her at peacefulease.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Until next time, be kind to yourself.